BYOT. Bring your own tacos. Dick swinging. Swinging. You're listening to American Slacker Podcast. We can say fuck. We can say fuck. With Matthew Gertz and Jesse Landers. I don't care if it's spoken. This is cool. That's a decent amount of sausage. This man you know needs what? a doctor. Yeah, I just hope they're tasty. What's up with these clowns, man? Cut the lights and went through people's pockets. Don't you point that at each other. Let them smoke a little. You need to like step it up to that point. <laughs> we're not gonna. We're not gonna lead with the. We're not gonna lead. Uh, no. Well, you've been gone for a little bit, but you're back. How's it uh how's it coming back to normal life without the resort loveliness uh, going on? Back to reality. I mean, I, I feel like I'm definitely more re- relaxed after the uh, vacation in Mexico. Okay, you got a little bit reset. But it was too quick. Yeah. It was definitely too quick. They always are, man. They always are. But uh you you, you had a good time though, right? Oh yeah, I had a great time. Um there were no no problems at all. Like usually I expect at least one issue per trip. But uh, there wasn't much that went wrong. That's good. It's always good when you have a trip that uh, nothing, none, you know, no delays on the flight or any weird shit like that. Uh, Actually, there was a delay, but it helped us out. Okay. Well, you were running a little late or something? Yeah, we were worried we weren't going to catch the connecting flight, and it ended up being like a half hour delayed. Perfect. <laughs> but yeah, I had a lot of fun. I'm a tanner. I got a little sunburned. I brought back some souvenirs. It was a great time. Oh yeah, and you brought back some tequila. More importantly, of the souvenirs, which I uh, really enjoyed. You guys should check out the pre-show we got up and uh, see all those tequilas this guy's got. <laughs> Doing a little uh, liquor tasting on the live stream. He did say he's gonna save me a shot of this, his finest tequila. Yes, so I'm the best one I brought home. About that. Ah. <laughs> Well, we're glad to have you back, Jesse, but I think it's time we step into the show, the reason we're here. Welcome to American Slack Podcast. As always, I'm Matt. Yo soy Jesse. Oh, you came back with an accent <laughs> and a new language. Si, senor. What's going on? And we're also oh, this back. This going to make it hard. We're also <laughs> back uh, to the normal co-hosts. I, I have to say thank you to Tim for stepping in first off. He did a hell of a job, and, uh, you know, I just always love getting to work with Tim, and uh, it was cool. It was cool. He came over to my house. We actually did an in-studio recording, so check that out if you didn't get a chance to see episode 97 yet. It yeah. Was, uh, it was a lot of fun. So big thank you to Tim. Another thing that we have to get back to is the pod shout-out from our Twitter account. The way this works, oh, yeah. uh, we always post up our most recent episode. This one's actually an episode from a while back, because I don't think we did one with Tim's episode. Yeah, no, we. Uh, I didn't feel right to do it without you. No, that, and that was uh, that was totally that was your call. Out of uh, respect for Jesse, I, I cut out the pod shout out and the we dudes. Ah, yes. Yeah. Well, was like a I, tip of the hat. I, yeah. I, pre- I appreciate uh, you're not stepping into my territory. Well, let's yeah. uh, let's do our thing and uh, give some love. We got 46 retweets this time. If you retweet our latest pin tweet, uh, which is our latest episode, you get entered into this, and Matt gets to decide out of this 46 what we're going with. You know, all right, so I'm a total nerd, and I'm really hyped about Jurassic Park right now. Okay, yeah. I'm, like, I'm so excited it's coming out. I keep talking to everybody. Everybody's like, shut up about Jurassic Park. I think I saw like a teaser trailer for that new movie. 
Yeah, oh, the new one, you mean? Yeah, it, it yeah, looks it, sick. It looks good. It looks good. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so it comes out on June 22nd. So we're gonna pick the 22nd. All right. We ended up with the at Pittsburgh Nerd podcast, and they are at Pittsburgh Nerd on Twitter. Okay. Their description says, listen as hosts Sean and Ian talk about all things pop culture, member of the Wicked Radio Network, High Voltage Network, and Tangent Bound Network. And they're out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, as their name implies. Huh. So congrats to you guys, the at Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast. Be sure to go follow them and uh, make sure you retweet again, guys. Check them out. Sounds worthy of checking out. I'm behind it. So Matt, what do we got coming up in today's show? Well, as always, we're going to start out with our bizarre news. And uh, we're going to tell you how dick and balls get shit done. You know? Ah. Yeah. You'll see what I mean by that. And then we're going to... We got one segment after that because it's going to be a good one. We've got Slacker History. And it's uh, it's in relation to Jesse's vacation, which is going to be cool. Puerto... What is it? Vallarta? You got Vallarta? it. Puerto Vallarta. Vallarta? Vallarta. I fuck it up every time because it, it's the double L's, you know? Well, you and our listeners will learn a little bit more Vallarta. later in the show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've been learning a little bit. I've been learning, you know. But we'll get to it. It's going to be a fun show. Stick around. And with our weird news, we always like to start out with a little bit of weed news. And this time we're talking about how marijuana might be the new protein shake. Ooh. You hear that, Fit Freaks? You got the new supplement coming your way. There's a lot of uh, athletes out there who are touting the uh, benefits of smoking while exercising, be it, you know, having a joint before a jog or uh, doing a grab before deadlifts. It can help get you in the zone. It can also help with uh, inflammation, some studies say. I believe it 100%. I used to smoke before I went to CrossFit every time. And it, like it would just way better. Definitely keeps you in the zone, and it definitely like more drive, like get through the bullshit. Yeah, it's and you know it's always had like a, weed's always had a stigma of you know being the couch potato rather than the uh, the gym guy doing yeah. smoking. But in yeah. in a lot of cases now, people are finding benefits to it. You know, with pain relief, someone, one of uh, the members of the NFL even said, Mar- uh, his name was, he was the uh, New England Patriot Martellus Bennett, claimed that even though it's banned in the league, roughly 90% of current NFL players use marijuana. Ah, damn. So, I mean, it's anecdotal, but I could see it. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see it. A lot of fighters smoke. Um, and the inflammation is undeniable, especially in high CBD strains. Right. And there's even uh, the 420 games, uh, California-based uh, marathon where uh-huh. people run a 4.20-mile uh, run and oh, uh, do a yoga class. There's stops, right? Yeah, and they have to work out yeah. under the influence the entire time. Yeah. Instead of water stops, there's water and bombs and, like, shit, smoke. It's really cool. I've heard of that before. And it might be, uh, you know, more beneficial than, say, having a cup of coffee before you go and work out in the morning. Hmm. Yeah, and that's that's different, man. That's that's a, that's going to hurt a lot of people. People aren't going to accept that, I feel like. Yeah, like, some people... Oh, pe- yeah, I'm sure that some people are going to be adverse to it, but even if you're not smoking, maybe 
you know, putting a couple of drops into your juice or your pre-workout of like some uh, CBD oil, even non-psychoactive, might, might be helpful. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So it's interesting to see what people have to say and where this is kind of going. Maybe as the laws kind of loosen up, we can have a little bit more research as to what exactly weed can do in terms of workouts. Mm, yeah, it definitely will be interesting to see. And if you want to read a little bit more, uh, we'll be posting this article from the Boston Globe up on our Facebook page on Monday, as we do every Monday with our weed articles. Oh yeah, check it out. Well, keeping up with weed news, we've got a uh, story about a Southwest flight that went awry, and it wasn't a window this time. No, All thank right? God. Thank God. They've had enough issues with the windows popping out for some reason. I don't know. But what we did have was a man decided that uh, he couldn't wait until his flight landed to uh, spark up. So he decided to go into the bathroom and, you know, light up a doobie. And uh, clearly, it's going to be evident you're smoking a fucking joint in the bathroom of a fucking airplane. They're like two cubic feet and the Hard to hide like, that. There's somebody sitting like a foot away from the door. Like, come on. There's nowhere to hide in a plane. Nowhere to hide, man. So obviously, you know, everybody reported smelling smoke, and one person said they smelled weed, and uh, it it even set off the fire alarm on the fucking plane. Damn. Yeah. So that's a scary about, moment too, because yeah. you don't know what the fire started from. Yeah. So the craziest part is this flight was only from San Francisco to L.A., which is like a flight that you just took. Yeah, I just did that for my vacation. It was uh, like 53 minutes total, I believe. Yeah, you couldn't wait. You couldn't have sparked right before you got into the airport and then right when you landed. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Man, well, you know, the plane had to land really close to you at San Jose, Minota. What is it? Minota? Minetta? Minetta? I Minetta? That's, yeah, it's right by my job, actually. Man, yeah, just 50 miles south of San Fran. So they didn't even make it far before this dude lit up. It's like they just got to cruising altitude and he's like, <laughs> probably not even. Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> as soon as that light sign came on, like the seatbelt the seat sign went off, he was like, yeah. See, I'm heading to the bathroom. Let me light this <laughs> shit up. I did notice on my flight that when I did use the bathroom, they have a little thing that pulls out that's like an ashtray for cigarettes. Oh, yeah. And it has a little design, symbol huh? on it. And I'm just thinking, like, A, how oh, old is this shit? You know what that is? Probably they they might legally have to have it. I feel like I heard this. They legally have to have it in case somebody does start to smoke in the bathroom and the, the sign is there that says no smoking, so they have somewhere to put it out. Okay. I I'm, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I've heard that. That would make sense. It's like you have to plan for the worst case scenario. Yeah, yeah, which, I mean, generally they do with air flights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that man you just gotta wait that's not a reason that you want to like delay everyone's flight yeah man you definitely you don't want to cause a ruckus you don't want to fill in the cabin with the smell of weed when there's ton, you know there's tons of people on there that don't want to be smelling your weed right i mean there's worse things you could be smelling in an airplane uh, we've talked about them tuna fish sandwich tuna fish sandwich what about some unbearable body odor Oh my god, give me the tuna fish all day. <laughs> That's actually, we have another plane being grounded story here uh, with uh, just that. A man whose body odor forced the plane to make an emergency landing. Oh, man, how bad do you have to smell to shut down a flight? 
uh, fairly bad. I mean, there's a number of ways you can make that smell. You can come on smelling that way. You can create it while you're there. Actually, this is the second time a Transylvania flight has been grounded because of uh, odor issues, shall we say? Because in 2015, or no, I'm sorry, in February, uh, one of their flights from Dubai to Amsterdam uh, made an emergency landing because the passenger would not stop farting. <laughs> so they have a history. This is the second time at least that they've had to deal with, you know, stinky flights. What is with these people? Do they do they need to be taught how to be decent human beings? Like, do we need to get some, like, classes going on there? Well, I, I'm, I imagine in this case the guy's almost like a hermit or something because they said that he had unbearable body odor and they had to make an emergency landing because people began to vomit and faint. They actually tried to quarantine the man in the uh, lavatory. They just, oh, like, God. like, shoved him in the bathroom. <laughs> but it proved futile, and, or futile, and uh, the pilots were like, we gotta fucking make a stop. So they landed in the Portuguese Portuguese city of Fargo. Oh, man. They dumped this asshole in Fargo? <laughs> P- P- Fargo, Portugal. <laughs> Not, I guess that'd be a yeah. different one than, uh, what is it, North Fargo, Dakota? Yeah, what is it, North Dakota? Some shit. If we're wrong, I'm sure someone will correct us. <laughs> but this this is terrible. I, like, I have not had to deal with a stinky flight. I mean, like, I always worry, like, oh, a baby. If a baby's on there, if, like, they end up, like... Oh, man. ...having a stinky-ass diaper. But these Dude. people farting their way to a grounded plane and just... Straight up, not washing yourself. The man was eventually uh, taken off uh, by medical personnel who probably hit him with, like, a, a fire... Stripped him down him with a fire hose. And, oh then, and then threw powdered sugar on him. It's powdered sugar. The lice hate the sugar. Listen, Rod, it's delicious. Ah, Barba <laughs> style. Yeah, people used to dress up to go on flights. People oh used God, to put yeah, on a tie... And a hat. Are you about to go on uh, that uh, the cars car dealer movie rant? Oh, fucking the goods. The goods. I think that's what you it's used called. to be able to spark a nice. I, I love that. Uh, I love that fucking rant that Jeremy Piven does in that yeah, movie. That whole movie so is good. ridiculous. Will Ferrell's parts outrageous. Yeah, man. Well, maybe uh, the highlight of our next story can. Can help out. I don't know if you can burn candles on a plane per se, but it would be cool if you could bring around a nice scented candle to deal okay. with that issue. Shitty people with shitty foods and shitty asses just <laughs> smelling the place up, stanking up the cabin. Well, I got. I guess this might not even actually be the best scent to cover that up because what we've got here is a uh, trio of candles released from A1. That's right, the steak sauce company, and uh, they are classic burger. Original meat and backyard barbecue scented. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. I'm digging it. Just uh, thinking about it with the ass smell. I, I don't think they would mix up. There you go. Cover up your farts with a backyard barbecue. Uh, yeah. But uh, in my in my house, I'm thinking about these. These are cool, man. I might want to get one of these. Especially, uh, apparently, the original meat really has the signature aroma of the A1 steak sauce. Okay. Ooh. That's nice. That's nice. I don't know, man. That'd be pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty much a tease to your senses. You'd be thinking that you got some nice, like, steaks grilling up, and you'd come home uh, and you're like, uh, "What? It's a candle? 
Like I'd be, oh, I'd be a little upset. It's like, yeah, we're having microwave pizza. Like, <laughs> damn candle again. <sighs> gotcha. Gotcha. Oh man, it is pretty bad. But they do last fifty to seventy hours, so that's pretty. You know, get a pretty good burn life out of those suckers. And I guess it's all in uh, notion to try to like get sales for Father's Day. Ah, uh, okay. Coming I'm, right I'm thinking Day. you get a couple of those little ones and you hide them in people's houses, lit. So they don't know like where this meat smell is coming from. Oh God, it's hard to contain a candle. Be like, we <laughs> got three days, three days of uh, fucking burger smell going on. Ah, uh, that would be annoying as fuck. It's, it's just like, what the fuck, man? Is somebody grilling like right outside my house? And they're like doing a lap around their house. They're like, what is going on? There's a family of raccoons that learned how to marinate under the fucking uh-huh. crawl space. God, they stole a foreman. They got it plugged in with an extension cord. <laughs> That's why the power bills are. They've skipped the Stone Age and they've gone right into full human evolution. <laughs> they have posable hands. I'm not far off, man. Yeah, very true. Uh, the you know who also uh, could use one of these candles? Who? A man who probably has a lot of uh, small animals running around, at least for a sm- short amount of time before he starts making jewelry out of them. Ah. Uh, how tax- are you making jewelry out of a fucking? Animal. Well, taxidermist Jack Devaney does not let any rodent go to waste. Oh, man. He makes interesting things out of uh, dead animals. I, like, I have real hesitation in saying interesting things. I was, I was going to say it's a interesting choice of words. <laughs> yeah, he makes dead rats into pencil cases and puts the sharpeners in the butthole. What? Yeah, you heard me right. He makes uh, pencil cases out of rats and puts the sharpener in the butthole. So when you sharpen the pencil, you're putting it in the butthole of a rat <laughs> and sharpening that shit. Oh he, my god. He's also turned yeah. a rabbit into a toaster, which is nightmarish. I, I'm going to just straight up say that. I think this man needs to have his house searched because I feel like there's bodies somewhere. There's a body. There's bodies behind this. It's like he's creating shit that should be in Tim Burton films. Human rat. Center rat. Uh, there's another uh, piece that's a, not even discussed, just in the background of one of the photos here, where he put some kind of antelope or goat skull onto the head of what what used to be a teddy bear. So it's just a teddy bear body with a goat skull sticking out of it. Oh my god. This dude is crazy, man. He's, you know, it's, hey, Etsy, I guess, you know, he's got a YouTube channel called The World Around You, like E-W-E, like a sheep, and he shows off his creations. His latest creation is what's sparking a little bit of uh, interest. It's jewelry made out of rat genitals. He says, you know, after making all these pencil cases out of rats, like, I don't have anything to do with the ball sack. Oh man, throw it away. He's collecting them all in a little Ziploc until he figures out what to do with them. Just imagine that was you. Like, and some dude was rolling around taking used humans, and he was just like, What am I going to do with your ball sack? And he makes a necklace out of your balls. How do you feel about that? Well, he says you can rub them for good luck, so I wonder if it would work the same way. (laughs) I don't want anybody rubbing my balls for good luck. He makes. He, he, what he's working on now to try and recycle these uh, testicle skins, he, he's making little silver pendants that have the rat balls fur on it, 
and when you open it <laughs> and he says that you know maybe you could spray your loved ones perfume on it so then you can smell it and remember them and i'm you thinking does a little rat nut sack on your nose <laughs> i'm thinking like dude i'm not putting rat nuts in my face like to re- especially to remember a loved one that's like the most fucked up thing i've ever heard that's how you want to remember a loved one is by a little furry nut sack the, the the really odd day is that when you don't spray it and you smell it and it's like it smells exactly the same and then you realize your wife smells like rat nut sacks and it's just oh, like man. what what i've been living a lie so yeah if you want to you know uh hit up these uh recycled rat nut jewelry you can go check out his youtube the world around e-w-e-u and uh i'm sure you can find some interesting lamps made of like horse skin and shit <laughs> Man, I don't know. Maybe some of the carcasses of our next story he could uh, he could use. They're a lot larger. I don't know what he could do with that. Maybe larger. He can go crazier. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what the largest thing he's worked with is. I don't know. Jack, I'm I got this elephant for you. Oh, I want him inspected for human work. It's like, I'm going to make uh, a tent. <laughs> oh, God. Well, our next story is bringing us to Germany, where a uh, recent flash flood has caused quite an issue. Uh, let alone five big cats escaped from the flash floods they were able oh, to God. basically swim out of their enclosures cats two lions, hate water. two tigers <laughs> and a jaguar they, it says they damaged the cages were damaged but i can't imagine anything else besides like something flooding to where they can get out of the enclosures through that's the water. what i pictured too is like oh flash flood and they just swim their way out of the enclosure yeah man they uh so they had a ton of predators just break out man they even had a bear break out Unfortunately, he wasn't going down without a fight, and uh, he had a shot. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, Take anyone so he, with him? He just wanted the—he just wanted to put out a few forest fires, man. You know, or get a cone at Dairy Queen. Maybe that. Yeah, maybe. You know, nobody wanted to give him a ride. <laughs> um, they shot him while he was hitchhiking on the side of the road. Thumbs up. It's like ten cars passed. No one picked me up. <laughs> So the cats were all like lingering around the property. They were all actually found. This zoo has like 74 acres. So they used a drone and they located all the big cats immediately. But the bear was like, I'm out. Now, and, once you locate a big cat, how the fuck do you wrangle it? You know, I don't know, man. They must have tranked them. That's the only way I could imagine you deal with a big cat like that. True. You know, there's no way you're going to enclose it in something or get it, you know, like. Sometimes, like, when cattle escape or, like, you know, goats or anything, they'll, they'll wrangle them into, like, a, a trailer or something. Yeah. I don't think a lion would fall for that shit. <laughs> I think it would just take out one of the people and, like, fucking... Yeah. Be like, yeah. all right, get the intern at the back of the cage. Like, <laughs> we'll yeah. pull him, we'll oh pull him up and through after, like, once the lion's in. Yeah, they had, so they basically they had firefighters and police out there hunting these fucking things too, oh which God. is quite funny. Like, what are the firefighters gonna do? Or police? Like, that's you're not trained for large cats. Yeah, they got guns. I mean, yeah. I'd, I'd well, much rather better than be nothing. with them. The firefighters could get the cats wet. I guess they wouldn't enjoy that. Really. Bring them down! <laughs> <laughs> God. Um, so yeah, you know, and this isn't even like the uh, a settlement case. Uh, two years ago, there was a similar case in eastern Germany where two lions broke out of their cages and one of the lions had to be shot dead as well. Oof. Um, and in 2015, a, uh, orangutan escaped. And, sure enough, they had to shoot his ass. Ugh, man. Yeah. Poor orangutan. No escape. Yeah, man. So, you know, it's just, it's crazy. These animals don't want to be contained. They're, they're showing it. They're getting out. 
and uh, nature's helping him. <laughs> yeah, man. I feel like I, I you'd have to shoot me to get me back in there too. After seeing freedom like that, come on, come on. They're meant to be free. Lines are like, I can just go down to Main Street and order a fucking chicken sandwich. Like, yeah, yeah, fuck yeah, man. This is way easier. Let me out of this piece. Yeah, a lot more time for just lounging around like a lion likes to. Well, we're going over from Germany to China, where a woman was stopped for driving a bumper car on the highway. Oh man, was she bumping people? <laughs> no, I, I wish, you know, Damn. that's that's the use for these things. And it's not, let's clear it up, it's not one of those old 90s bumper cars that you see at the carnival where it's like, has the big stick on the back to the ceiling with the sparks that come down and like almost catch you in the ear. Um, uh-huh. This was like, more like a Power Wheels, like a heavy duty Power Wheels if I were to like equate it to something. Okay, so and, just ripping down the road on this thing, and it's obviously not street legal. No, it's definitely not, and uh, people are passing her. No one's really, like, making a big scene about it or anything, but she was caught on camera, and the uh, video is actually pretty funny of, you know, her just trucking along in this little pink bumper car. It's like, it almost looks like Mario Kart. Like, <laughs> like chugging her right along. She was eventually pulled over and uh, given a warning, and they confiscated the bumper car from the woman. It, but she owns an, a bumper car business in the city. She's got tons of them. She's coming back out in a bumper car later that afternoon. She ain't done. Oh, my God. She got bumper cars for days. She'll be on the highway. Jesus. What she's got to do, though, Shut is her down. soup that up so they can't catch her next time. I need NOS. Like, <laughs> cold air intake on the front of the fucking little power wheels. You gotta blow that thing to the moon. She'll be ripping right along. That or uh, stock up on red shells. Oh yeah, man. Just take care of everybody. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Heat seekers. Man, well, we're going over. To, we're going to New Zealand now in our next story, and uh, this story just shows you how to get shit done. All right. Sometimes, you know, you can't rely on the authorities of your town and your community to get shit done. You gotta really encourage them in a physical way, alright? And how can you get more physical than dick and balls, baby? (laughs) All up in there. And uh, that's exactly what an Auckland man decided to do, as he drew giant penises and balls around potholes that he's been trying for 18 months to get the town to take care of. We got big holes and dick and balls. And dick and balls, man, in a nice fluorescent green spray paint. And oh. they are 20 meter long <laughs> penises. It's and uh, quite, they're about 1.2 meters in width, man. So we got we got a decent girth going on there. Good ratio. We're not talking about like a square. This is more of a eh. rectangle. All right. It's kind of, it, it does kind of look like a, a summer salami thing, you know. But <laughs> hey, you know, we, it all can't be winners. And he got the idea from man, uh, a similar. Per, you know, a similar idea, like a person, uh, a mystery artist started doing this in Manchester, England. Okay. We actually might have talked about it on the show, or we might have gotten thrown to the side because we didn't like it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it, it goes to show it works, man, because as soon as he did this, it basically went viral on his Facebook. Uh, 4,000 views in just a few hours. And uh, now the town's starting to talk and say they're going to do a permanent fix. Instead of, like, these shitty repairs they do, like, all the time. Apparently, you're saying they do 30 repairs a year to these potholes. You're just better off fixing the road, like, road yeah. permanently. You're paying the fucking guys that are fixing it and all that shit. It's like, come on. Yeah, what? seriously. 
Yeah, and a lot of people are getting their cars damaged too, and uh, I can attest to that, man. They'll fuck your tires up and like your shocks and your all that, man. Yeah. So, well, I guess, uh, I guess it shows that uh, big dick gets a lot of attention. Hell yeah, man. Sometimes you just gotta swing that sucker out there, and let the people see it, and know you mean business. Making it their problem. <laughs> well, I guess be careful about how you do that. Yeah, we might be seeing the wrong message. I don't know. Yeah, you don't want to just whip With it out there. People. With discretion, all right. There's a right time and a wrong time. Yeah, man. This guy yeah. and this guy in uh, Auckland knew the difference. <laughs> mm. Clearly, clearly, this is how you use a big dick. There's ways that you should. <laughs> well, if you weren't laughing already, we got a funny clip of the week for you here. And this oh one is god. coming straight out the festival circuit. Oh my god, this one is hilarious. I uh. I was dying when you showed me this one. You, you've gone to a lot of shows. I've gone to a lot, and uh, the, <laughs> this is so awkward when you see something because it's a place of happiness. Yeah, you know? like it's just a place where everybody's having a good time. Everyone's dancing around, having fun. You just catch this guy in the crowd <laughs> who notices he, that you're filming, or maybe is just too zoned out to notice anything. I don't know what he's doing, but he is creepy as fuck, dude. <laughs> the camera is sort of doing that nice pan you do when you want to show off where you are on Snapchat. And then you catch the one guy staring fucking daggers into the camera. Deadpan uh, face. No soul. <laughs> dude, yeah. It's uh, it's hilarious. It's not something you normally see at the uh, festivals. But, uh, goddamn. I, I, it shot perfectly. I love it. I died when you showed me this. <laughs> so we'll be posting that up on our Facebook page on Wednesday to bring, you know, a little bit of laughter into your midweek. So make sure you go check that out. Now let's uh, get to Slacker history. But before we do that, we've got a word from Am I an Asshole Podcast. Am I an Asshole? We're Jackie and Rosie from Airline Asshole Podcast. Uh-huh. The podcast where we gut check our asshole tendencies because everybody's got them. Yeah, and there's a lot of assholes in this world, so we're going to talk about it with a therapist on our show. We want to find out why. What makes us assholes? And how do we become better people? So give us a listen. Am I an Asshole Podcast? <laughs> Bye. <laughs> And we are back, and we've got a. We're gonna do a brief rundown of the place that Jesse just escaped to. Yeah, my little vacation down to Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. It was fun. It was relaxing. I took a city tour while I was there that got me super interested in the history of it. Matt and I, as many of the listeners may know, we're really interested in history, architecture, culture, anything like that. We always like to kind of dive into and dip our toes. Uh, we're not experts, but we like to share oh. what we do know. Yeah, yeah. And history especially is always fascinating to me, you know, to see where we came from, to see the beginning of the big, the building blocks that started everything. And, uh, man, talking about this, this coast here is just the things we've discovered diving into this. It's really cool. Chock full of history. And that's, uh, that's something that differs from town to town in Mexico, especially the tourist destinations. From what I understand, it's a lot of them, like mm -hmm. I want to say Cabo was one example, is built up as a tourist place rather than 
developing its own uh, unique history over time that leads to it becoming a destination. Yeah, yeah, there's no previous culture existing in the area at all. Right, it's like, there's uh, a nice beach, let's put some resorts on it. Yeah, 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 and it's not the case with uh, Puerto Vallarta at all. And uh, we're going to start out in the 1500s, when it was basically a fishing village, and the whole area belonged to the Aztatlan culture, um, which were descendants of the Aztec. And uh, Banderas Bay is the area that Puerto Vallarta is actually in. And this was discovered by the Spanish in early the early 1500s. And uh, the name Banderas, it actually originates from um, the idea of they carried banners and uh, flags with them into battle, the natives. So uh, it's pretty cool to see that. And then the beginning story actually plays into that quite a bit. In uh, 1525 at Punta Mita, which is the northmost tip of Banderas Bay, Francis Cortez de Buenaventura led 100 Spanish soldiers into the region to conquer the native people. You know, they wanted to just take the whole area over. It was beautiful. And uh, when they arrived, they were carrying four big banners, as well as the image of the Virgin Guadalupe on a large pendant made out of some type of metal. Soon after the arrival on shore, they realized that they were hugely outnumbered. There was about 20,000 of the Aztatlan compared to the 100 men that they had. Damn. Okay, so they instantly were frozen in fear and reportedly dropped to their knees in submission. And um, the Aztatlan, you know, they had seen the pendant, and apparently the way the sun had hit this pendant of Guadalupe, it, it just, it stunned them right away. And they were just, they were fucking terrified and immediately submitted to the Spanish. I wonder if there was some sort of, uh, like, jewel or, like, the way it was designed or something that caught the, the sun in a weird way. Yeah, man. And either way, the Spani- the Spaniards were convinced that this whole thing was a miracle. I would say so. If you're about to possibly be slaughtered, do you think, and you give up in the last second, they, they are open, I guess, welcome you with open arms? Yeah, man. Yeah, and it, it's just 20,000 to submit like that. I mean, it is pretty freaky. It must have been, you know, quite the event. But reflections, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy to think that that led to the whole overtaking. Right. And from there, after uh, it was kind of settled or conquered, if you will, by the uh, Spaniards, the in the thir- 17th and 18th centuries, it moved into a indus- an industry of silver and gold um, mining up in the mountain towns. And as mining activities increased, so did the demand for salt to process these metals, which they would then get from Banderas Bay out in the uh, Pacific Ocean waters. Okay. In 1851, a 19-year-old boatman named Guadalupe Sanchez began importing large quantities of salt from the Maria's Islands into Los Muertos Beach in Banderas Bay. Guadalupe Sanchez found himself like spending more and more time in this beautiful area, him and his wife and several companions eventually founded a small town there and it was called Las Piñas. The port established there was also called uh, the port Puerto Las Piñas. And in the 19th century, when the United States discovered silver, the price of the metal ended up dropping and so did the profitability of mining in Puerto Vallarta, which was called Las Piñas at the time. So then the dip from agriculture 
came back and agriculture became the uh, job of choice for many of the displaced miners who would uh, used to do all the silver mining. And the area that is now Nuevo Vallarta was made into a fertile like valley where they were able to grow corn, stuff like that. And there wasn't very many roads or anything in or out of this area at the time. It was very remote, I would say. So they ended up having a lot of stuff shipped in by boat uh, and in and out by boat for a lot of the country. So the port was really the the main thing keeping this whole area alive okay. at that time. Yeah, it seems like it's thriving. Start, it's definitely starting to lay down the roots of what had mm. become the modern city. But before we get into modern Puerto Vallarta, let's hear something from the Believer Skeptic podcast. Hi, I'm Chris. I'm the Believer. I'm Cody. I'm the Skeptic. And together we are BSP, the Idiot Syncrasy Files. The podcast where two idiots discuss weird phenomena. This week we're talking about ghosts. I believe in ghosts. Why? There's too much weird stuff in the world for it to be coincidental. See, I don't, because ghosts are souls, and shirts, pants, and jockstraps do not have souls. These ghosts should be naked. My jockstrap has a soul. <laughs> Moving on. Join us every week where we talk about cool phenomena ranging from... Skinwalkers. To... Simulacra. There you go. Bye! Find us on Google Play, iTunes, and all those other podcasting places. Or visit us at www.bspodphx.com. Okay, so as Jesse was saying, we're coming off of a very industrialized mining situation here. Happening in Puerto Vallarta. And now, in, in 1918, a governing body is established, and they form and rename the town into Porta Vallarta, actually, in honor of the governor of Jalisco, Ignacio El Vallarta. And uh, by 1963, the word of the beauty has spread all over the world, including to the United States. And uh, it actually mostly comes from gossip of uh, a romance happening on the set of a film that was shot there, Night of the Iguana. And uh, this is like one of, you know, this isn't the first, but it's one of the first big ones to really be shot there. And it brings in this whole stream that we we were actually just talking about. And uh, I mean, a lot of films have been shot there, man. Fucking Predator, mm-hmm. Sharktopus. Can't forget that, man. Sharktopus. Can't forget yeah. Sharktopus. Limitless. Yeah. Beverly yeah, Hills Chihuahua, so, uh, I believe. But back to uh, Night of the Iguana. It, it basically, Richard Burton and Ava Gardner. Both married people have a uh, steamy affair, and you know that's the beginning of the era of the whole Hollywood gossip taking over, you know, people's interests. And uh, now people want to go here, you know, they want to go to the place that Richard Burton has bought a getaway to, you know, hang out with his uh, mistress, basically. And it's crazy to see this all take place and and make a boom from, you know. not exactly like an entertainment area, you know, more of an industrial area into the whole tourism starting to come in. Yeah, I mean, I guess the uh, main beach today was used as like the port type area for importing and exporting like the all the raw materials. Wow, yeah, yeah. See, and now it's nothing like that, right? You're sipping cocktails and enjoying the view. Right. So yeah, all this uh, talk in Hollywood ended up creating a buzz and people wanted to know what was going on on the west coast of mexico um and there weren't many hotels at this time it was still kind of coming up into its own as like a city 
And this is actually where they ended up earning their title, the friendliest city in Mexico, because since there was a lack of hotels, when tourists came, they would come to the airport in the uh, 60s and end up just staying with locals. They would find people who would open up their homes to them. They would cook for them. They would like get to know them and, and break the language barrier and break bread uh, at, at their home with, with these uh, foreigners, yeah. you know, coming into their land. Yeah, that's wild, man. To, can you imagine being in that time where you're just like getting to really get the first hand of like the people that live there? Just get off at the airport with no idea of where oh, you're going man. or who you're staying with. Nobody of today would ever do something like that. Unless they're a real thrill seeker. <laughs> Some old school Airbnb. <laughs> yeah, man. That's awesome. And in response to the heavy tourism uh, from 1965 to 1971, Francisco Medina Asenio, uh, the governor of the state of Jalisco, moved forward with a vision to create the development and infrastructure needed to make Puerto Vallarta the modern tourist destination it is, that it is today. So he got firm backing from Mexican President Gustavo Diaz Ordaz, uh, and Puerto Vallarta officially became a city and received the financial resources it needed to build bridges, roads, an international airport, as well as bringing electrical and telephone service to its uh, citizens. Just really modernizing it. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And from 2000 to 2010, the resident population of Puerto Vallarta increased by 71,000 inhabitants to a recorded 255,000 people by 2010. Man. So we're talking an increase of 170,000 people or so, if I'm doing my math right. And a lot of uh, people come to Puerto Vallarta from around the globe, but it's primarily Canadians and Americans who come there for tourism and for retirement, because I guess the uh, price of property down there is a lot cheaper, cost of living is a lot cheaper, and you're living in a beautiful area. Yeah, yeah, you never have to deal with that fucking snow. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, the one last thing that we want to add is, uh, if you remember from what Matt had said before, Puerto Vallarta was founded in 1918. Yes, sir. Which actually makes it 100 years old this year. Yeah, man, that's crazy. It's 100 years into being officially Puerto Vallarta. <laughs> so, and we're actually almost to our 100th episode. This is our 98th episode. Yeah. So a little, I guess, synchronicity there. I was yeah. glad I got to go down and visit uh, during such a historic time. They didn't have much going on yet, but they were, uh, you know, put, doing all kinds of uh, musical acts and stuff like that along the boardwalk, which they called the Malacan. And it looked, it seemed like it was, it was an exciting time to be there. Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely seemed like you had a lot of fun. It's definitely a place that I want to check out. So there's a little slice of slacker history on Puerto Vallarta there for you. If you want to learn more. Um, there's a lot of books you can read. There's a lot of videos mm -hmm. you can watch. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of history that we couldn't even touch. I mean, this port was a pirate hideout. I yeah. Mean, there's just, there's a Large lot of battles happen there. A lot of battles. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and even today, I mean, there's great things like the replica of the Santa Maria that you saw that you could mm -hmm. go on as a uh, pirate adventure. Yeah. yeah, I love shit like that. It's so cool, man. And uh, it's really neat to see. A beautiful church there as well. There's, yeah. there's oh, a lot of man. cool things to see. Yeah, yeah, you were showing me the church. That's wild. And this is actually one of the things they said to do. They said, when you go back home, tell all the other Americans 
that how beautiful it is and to come down here because they <laughs> they want it it's the yeah. tourism that really keeps them going so yeah yeah definitely and i mean who doesn't need to take a good relaxation come on now absolutely and uh now it's about time we take a relaxation it's at the end of the show people and uh thank you so much for sticking along with us for tuning in we love you all and uh Stop by the Facebook page, American Slacker Podcast. You'll find us there. And uh, you'll also find the American Slackers group. There's a ton of other slackers just like you. And uh, they're, they're putting all kinds of fucked up shit on there you should check out. <laughs> also, stop by the Instagram where you will find the promos for each and every show and a lot of other uh, visuals that you will enjoy. And, Climb uh, into 10K. Ooh, we're getting there. And once we get to that 10K, shit's going to change. We got a lot we're going to uh, be putting all kinds of clickable links and shit. Mm-hmm, a lot of ideas. On the Instagram. Yeah, the live show might change. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. And uh, also stop by the website, aspodcast.com, americanslackpodcast.com, whichever you prefer. It is the main hub. Some changes coming there possibly too. You can also check us out on Twitter and Reddit at A-M-E-R-S-L-K-R Podcast. Don't forget to retweet our latest pin tweet there. Head over to our YouTube channel as well where we're constantly evolving and trying to put up more stuff for you. You can always catch our... Uh, latest episode and past episodes on there as well if you don't want to subscribe via itunes but we suggest that you do subscribe via either itunes or stitcher or podcast addict wherever you get your podcast and please remember to rate and review us when you're there as well five stars or nothing that's what we like to say fuck the haters we also want you to tell a friend who would enjoy and want to give us five stars and also big thank you to anyone watching on the instagram live stream we did our pre-show live today we did part one part two people are sticking around we really appreciate it uh big shout out to uh johnny uh gunny uh airborne stopped in before so we appreciate every single one of you hell yeah thank you so much guys and uh if you want to get in contact with us send us an email american slacker podcast at gmail.com we will respond swiftly Yes, we will. And also, uh, check out our Spotify playlist. We've got a shit ton of artists on there, uh, music that we've reviewed, or artists that we've had on the show. Search American Slacker Podcast. You'll find our playlist there, and there is a ton of good shit to get you jamming out in no time. You can also really help the show out by heading over to our Patreon account. That's patreon.com slash American Slacker Podcast. We've been putting more and more stuff up there. We have a lot to offer now. You can get some shout-outs, some thank-you videos, stickers. Uh, we're talking about putting uh, some Sasquatch Scout bags on there. Who knows? We're, we're putting all kinds of stuff out in there. Uh, so be sure to check it out. Also, want to give love to the people who are supporting us. Dave Gunn, big thank you to you. Seth Anders, big thank you to you. Kyle Nolan Bradford from the Crime Roulette Podcast. Thanks for the love, guys. And Aaron W. from the Yes and I Am Podcast. Thank you all for your support. Thank you guys so much. And anybody that wants to contribute to the Patreon, the support goes a long way to the creation of the show. It's It might even help us get a new website. Oh, man, yeah. It's costly to maintain the show, and uh, it's the behind-the-scenes thing. So, you know, we appreciate everybody that actually helps us out and alleviates the cost. You know, it's we love doing this for you guys. We love creating this content, and uh, we, we just really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And also some uh, new stuff up on our americanslackerpodcast.bigcartel.com shop. You can go over there. We got a bunch of shirts that we put up. We're trying to kind of update everything as we as we reach the big triple digits here at American Slacker. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, we are. And uh, real quick before we dip out, 
Check us out on our personal shit. You can get at me on Instagram at MWG Media. And my gamer tag on Xbox Live is G from HP. And you can find me on both of those at Landers the Plane. All right, people. We love each and every one of you. And thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, until next time, you know, that's it. There you go. And in 1851, a 19-year-old boatman from Chit, Chit, a 19-year-old boatman from Chitu, damn. <laughs>